Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yeah, today we will be covering Season 4, Episode 11 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Forget Me Not, or in Germany it is called Bad Messages. Um, Our IMDb user synopsis is... Robbie fears Eric will never give him a chance when told. Now his and Mary's community service goes so well they can meet, but only at home. Super hot Brad Landers finally asks Lucy on a date, but she stresses over a time-clashing girls project. Simon looked forward to a guy's night like it used to be, in quotes. Uh, Matt promised him, but his sleepover proves a testing marathon of witnessing stressing over Shauna's New York dorm. Annie's stepma arrives, reporting Charles has Alzheimer. He, climbs, he claims it's the other way around. Schoolmate Ben's family inspires Ruthie to fear an apocalyptic millennium bug. What was your first impression of this episode? Um, you know what? I'm going to say that I enjoyed it again. Wow, see, season four, it's... Picking up. Yep. Seems like it's picking up. Um, yeah, very... like all in family kind of episode we go back to having each of the camdens having like a unique and different storyline or at least like something happening. which is usually good as long as they don't take away from like a more serious one which i don't think they did in this aspect uh or in this like in this season no i think they were all given the appropriate amount of screen time right and i think that once again the like kind of silly childish Ruthie storyline had it, it played well. Uh, it it hit its moments right, and it also tied into the actual storyline in a good way. Whereas I feel like a lot of the times Ruthie's whatever, well, it was like Ru- used for exposition, right? Um, but it's like it usually like it usually doesn't have anything to do with whatever is going on, or very like slightly. But this it actually like worked. Um, yeah. So. We'll start with a cold open, as we always do. Um, so the first thing I wrote down was three's a crowd, because we start with John having to watch Shauna and Matt making out. Because she hasn't left yet, but she leaves, like, immediately after this to go to New York. Um, it's only for a weekend to find uh, a place to stay. Oh, okay, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she um, it needs to find a place to stay, so she's going, to the, going away for the weekend to secure a home for herself. Um, and they make promises to each other about how they can make this long-distance relationship work, but you can kind of tell from the cold open that Matt is already... Skeptical. Yes. Um, so that's Matt's storyline. Then we are with Mary, um, who is talking to her parents because they just received the progress report on her... Um, community service, which, like, that was part of the deal... With Robbie, it was like, okay, if you fulfill all your obligations under the community service, we will entertain letting, like, having Robbie come over. So we find out that she's, like, done, ex- like, an exceptional job um, in her first, like, 30-day report or whatever. I'm not sure how many, I think it's, like, what is it, like, six months or something she needs to do community service. I don't know, probably, like, a certain number of hours. But she's like, okay, that's great. I can go on a date with Robbie now. And, of course, that is not how things work. And that's her story, her like the beginning of her storyline. So, um, and this leads straight into Lucy, who has been asked out by... Brad Landers, who, as the IMDb user synopsis said, super hot uh, Brad Landers. And 
Um, she's a little hesitant in the beginning because she's like, oh, uh, we're like finishing the Habitat for Humanity house that she has been working on since the beginning, of the, the season. beginning of the season. And she's like, we have to put the toilets in. And Mary, being a bad influence, was like, oh, um, like there's the B list and then there's the A list and then there's Brad Landers. So we get the idea that like Brad Landers is above the A list. So she's like, just tell your friends like you can't put the toilets in the houses because you need to go on a date with Brad Landers. So Lucy's like, okay. Um, uh, and then we have Simon, who's really excited for his sleepover with Matt. That's all you need to know about that in the cold open. And finally, uh, the doorbell rings. Yes. Um, and it's Ginger at the door. and really, Stepma. Stepma. And nobody's expecting her. And Annie's like, what are you doing here? She's like, I can't find your father. Um, so basically, she comes, to, she comes from Phoenix to Glen Oak because she can't find... Papa Jackson. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie. Um, and it's all panic at the disco. Um, uh, so that's, cold that's open. the cold open. So um, I guess we're going to start with, it's like Matt and Simon's storyline is pretty much this very closely yeah, linked. Yeah. Um, so Shona goes to New York and like Matt is moping around like she's gone for good. We just see him sitting in the dark, eating Cocoa Puffs in his pajamas all day, um, like, down about this. Um, so... And we have, like, Simon really excited. He's, like, bragging to his friends about how he's going to be able to hang out with his older brother. At his weekend. apartment, and, like, it's going to be so cool. And, like, the kids... Do- one of the kids even says, like, oh, my brother doesn't even, like, talk to me. So Simon's like, ha-ha. It's like, we're going to do guy stuff. And his definition of guy stuff is not showering, <laughs> talking about girls eating food, talking about girls. He says talking about girls three times. Watching movies, (laughs) talking about girls. Um, And unfortunately, that's not what happens uh, with Simon, because in every scene we have with Simon and Matt... Matt is just, like, staring off into the distance, being depressed about Shauna. So really, this is, like, the the whole thing. Like, uh, it's just not what Simon thought it was going to be. He's bored. Matt isn't paying any attention to him. They're not really doing anything. Um, Simon is just kind of entertaining himself. And at one point, Matt gets a call from Shauna, and she's, like, at a party. Yeah. Uh, and she's talking about how she is going to live with, like, these three... I forget their names. Brett but, is the main guy. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I'm moving in with Brett. Uh, he, him and, his, like, he has three roommates, and they were looking for a fourth. So, like, that's going to be my, you know my new home when I move here because like li- looking for apartments in New York is crazy. Um, so Matt is like really upset after this and he's like, she's going to be living in a frat house. Well, I just like to say here that she's in the middle of talking and he hangs up on her. Yeah. Like, and that's like, that's it. Um, so I don't actually think the whole situation with Shauna gets resolved in this episode. No, it doesn't. But, um, I mean, at the end, Matt does say, like, oh, long distance is never going to work. So he kind of comes to the... In the beginning, he's, like, adamant about making it work. And then by the end of this, he's like, it's never going to happen. So I guess we'll see in, like, the next few episodes how that plays out for their relationship. But the focus of this was really Matt and Simon's relationship. So midway through the weekend, even though he's supposed to be there the entire time, he tells Matt that he needs to... He's going home early because, like... 
this is not what I wanted to do with my weekend. You were not acting like my brother. I wanted things like they used to be, but they're not. Like, he's like, I know that you're, like, grown up and stuff, but this is not, like, you. all you're doing is, like, thinking about Shauna. I don't like this new thing that they do with Simon and Matt, though, because they never were, like, shown to be, like, close when he, when Matt was, like, I think in they the were. house. Oh. I, think they, I think, like, out of all the sibling relationships outside of, like, I think, obviously, you have Ruthie and Simon because of age, and you have I Matt. I thought Matt and Mary we out were, like, a good one, too. Um, and, like, Mary and Lucy. Lucy. But I thought that, like, that relationship was really important. Like, I think they, they've, like, set that out to be a very important relationship from the beginning. Okay. In my opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this really ends with, like, he goes, he goes home early, Matt doesn't really do anything about it, he continues moping, um, Simon also has a conversation with, like, the Rev about it, um, nothing noteworthy is said, and it just ends with, I think, Matt coming to back, like, coming to the house and apologizing to Simon, and then inviting Simon to go to the Crawford football game. Yeah. And all is well. And Nigel and John are gonna come, too. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's really that, um... So we have Lucy, who is lying to her Habitat friends, who we learned when she first started doing Habitat that they were like those girl, those there were those um, the girls who were like doing who already were involved with Habitat for, for Humanity were painted to be like not cool, and those girls were like there were some other girls who were like you were almost on the A list when you dated Jordan last year, like how could you? threaten your social status by doing Habitat for Humanity. Um, I also I want to point out that they did the thing they do with, like, stereotypical, like, groups at school again. Like, all the geeks have to look like geeks, and all, like, um, the hot people, you know, the cool kids or the popular kids have to look hot and stuff. And what they've done with these Habitat for Humanity girls is purposely made them, or picked actresses that are not conventionally, uh, like, seen as good-looking, um, which is especially annoying because then when we get to the next part of the episode, we see them as, um, I mean, I guess they're like little mini feminists. So they're like, Seventh Heaven is like giving like the wrong message. One about feminism, which I'll talk about in a second. I don't even know if that was, I mean, I know they make that offhand comment. Like just that comment. And then, because yeah, but two also like about what like girls that decide that they want to do like things like Habitat for Humanity look like. Well, but also I just think like what they could have done things with like community service projects and stuff you could just as easily get like the people like the the over the top overachievers who are like I have to do every extracurricular because I'm trying to go to like um, like Harvard so I need to do like you know, hundreds of hours of community service to to prove and like you could just as easily get that sort of like they could have stuck that right. had that been the stereotype um i don't know why they, they they like made it seem like these girls like oh they can't do anything else they have to do right. community service right they like I, I just didn't like that they that like seventh heaven continues to feed into these tropes i think or like just like the, you know uh, like even people who were like more like a religious group right, or right, whatever right. who who that like made this their kind of like goal like to to volunteer so many hours but Whatever, I don't know. There's a lot of ways they could have gone with this, and... So she says, um, she lies. And she says she has something going on, and she can't make it to Habitat for Humanity that night. And they're like, okay, that's fine. Like, 
we'll see you when we see you. And then later on, we are at her date with Brad Landers. Now, Brad Landers is played by Sam Page, uh, who is in a bunch of things. Um, The reason that I recognized him is because of his role in American Dreams. But he also played characters in uh, Mad Men. He played the character of Greg. He was in Switched at Birth as a character of Craig. Um, He was in an episode of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, He was in Greek. So, like, he basically plotted himself an ABC family, um, which I guess is now freeform. Yeah. Um, but he's, they apparently, San, uh, Brad Landers has, a, has had a crush on Lucy since the ninth grade. Yeah. And he just, every time he thought he was, like, working up the courage to, uh, like, ask her out, I don't know, she was talking to some other guy or whatever, whatever, some fake thing he says. Um, and so they are, they go to the pool hall when she lies and she, I forget what story she tells. No, she just says, I have some, like it's, uh, something come up, came up. Like it's like, an oh, she said something with her family. Yeah. Um, and I think, I thought these girls were supposed to be working at the Habitat house, but when Lucy is there getting burgers with, uh, Brad, those girls are there and they are just like staring at her from like grilling her but she's not facing them so brad is like oh do you know sarah yeah from like whatever from school and she's like yeah and he's like oh maybe that's why she's been staring at you since she got here and lucy turns around and the three habitat girls are there um and my my big question is shouldn't they be putting the toilets in the house i think they were picking up food you know they were getting takeout that's exactly what i was gonna say they were probably on their break getting food for dinner for stuff so they go so she goes over and she's like i it's It's not not what what it looks looks like like. and it's exactly what it looks like but they're like what kind of woman are you this is the thing that i had a problem with but it's not even like she slighted them personally It's just, like, an obligation that she didn't fulfill. Like, it's not a personal obligation to them. But she, They just happen to be the people that do it with her. She said, what kind of... They, one of them says, what kind of woman are you? Um, you, like, ditched Habitat for Humanity for a guy. And then they kind of, like, walk away from her. Um, I did not appreciate that. Later on, um, when we, like, understand their point of view, it's a lot... It's explained a lot better, but I didn't understand the, the, why they worded it this way. Um, so she goes, Lucy goes to her dad for advice. She's like, yeah. I, I lied to them. What do I do? And he's like, well, no, she apologized to her the father. Rev. Yeah. And the Rev is like, well, you, you're apologizing to the wrong person. You need to apologize to them. And she's like, Oh my God, what a great idea. So, so this is apparently, she didn't think to do this before. So she runs off to, we, the next scene we get is she is calling one of them. And as soon as she picks up, she goes, don't hang up because Sarah and the, the other, other girl one. already hung up on me. So um, this is her third phone call. And she explains, like, I don't even know what she. Well, sh- she says, you know, um, I really wanted to go out with him. Um, cause like I, like he's really cute and I really like him. Uh, but it like Habitat was at the same day and the girl's like, look, we understand that like we all have other lives too, jobs, school, boyfriends. Um, but the, like the reason that we're upset is because you can have these things, but you also have to have your priorities. And when you're, you have a responsibility to Habitat for Humanity that you signed up for and you have an obligation. And when you don't like meet those obligations, that's bad. Um, and she's like, you just need to figure out, like, if this is the thing that you want to do, and if it is, and you have to, like, 
put in the time that you're supposed to put in for it. Like, if you were scheduled to be somewhere, be somewhere. Um, just like you, so basically, they're like, you, it's okay. Like, personal responsibility. Right. Like, don't shirk things you've, like, previously committed to. Exactly. When, like, for, like, social, you know, like, just for, like, a date that, that came up. That, so, for some reason, this culminates in the most ridiculous scene ever. Ever. Because Brad calls Lucy trying to get another date. And Lucy is like, I can't. I have um, an oblig- another obligation, and like you, I like when I, I want to say no to you, and when I'm around you, I have trouble saying no, and it like blurs my judgment, and I can't make good choices when I'm around you, so I have to say no. I can't, like I can't see you anymore because apparently there's only one day of the week when Lucy is free to do anything, and she's already booked. Like the whole day is booked with Habitat for Humanity. So she can't go out with Brad on any other day. She's Um, like, I'm sorry, but I can't continue doing this. This would be something the old Lucy does, but I'm the new Lucy. (laughs) And I'm like, you're being a bit dramatic here. There are seven days in the week. Yeah. Um, So, and I'm pretty sure that it was supposed to be like a weeknight anyway, the first time they went out, like maybe in the weekend. that, That was a Friday night, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um... It ends with her going to her next Habitat, like, time. But before she leaves, Brad's at the door. And he's also in a Habitat for Humanity shirt. And he's like, I found out what it is that you're doing. And I want to spend time with you so badly that I also want to do this. But heads you, up, you, you thought this was very cute. I did. I begrudgingly actually really thought this was nice. Like, he clearly likes this girl so much that, like... He sees what's important to her, and... It's important to him now. Exactly. I, I don't know. I think that's, like, pretty cute, especially because... You th- thought he was going to be... I thought he was going to end up being a jerk. I, I don't know. I yeah, think, no, I, I did, I, too. This, like, kind of, I, like, glossed over in my... Like, I thought during this season, I couldn't remember Lucy really dating anyone. Um, so this was a little bit... <laughs> didn't remember this. Um, especially because I feel like uh, talking about Seventh Heaven's, like, use of high school tropes usually when they have like the top tier good looking guy he doesn't end up being like he ends up being only good looking and that's that's his only good quality uh like he usually they usually end up having them end up being like assholes or like eh, whatever but he ended up like surprising me i think i mean i don't know if i was supposed to expect this but i didn't uh he shows up and He's like, I don't know how to use a hammer, but I'll help. And she's like, I'll follow you. Just follow my lead. And they kind of walk out together. And we're led to believe that this is, you know, this relationship will now, like, blossom. Um, and it actually will because he's going to be back. Surprise, surprise. I don't know in what capacity, yeah, like, but he will be I, I back. I was really surprised when you said that. So, anyway, uh, I clearly don't really remember Brad. But, um, so, that's that. Um, so, he, I guess we'll move on to Ruthie's doomsday prepping. Yes. Um, this was a real thing. I have to say, people, well, like, Y2K, when everybody thought that the computers were, like, not going to know how to go from, like, 1990, you know, because it was going to be 1990. Nine. Any, yeah, to, to, to the 2000, like, apparently thought that the people who, like, made computer scientists didn't think about, in the 80s, didn't think that in just 20 years that they would need machines to be able to, capable of, um, whatever. So, anyway, if you remember, so Ruthie's Y2K freaking panic. out because it's about a month before the new year, um, and 
like everyone was predicting global crisis when like so she has a little friend named ben who um is feeding her all of these ideas about what to do in preparation for y2k including learning how to cook over fire um what else was she, that's the only one i can remember um canned foods yeah. all, like um collecting like blankets uh at one point she's she's just doing all these like odd things um but like, and learning all these skills that she needs to have because there's not going to be stoves and cars and credit cards won't work and it'll be bedtime all the time. <laughs> except it's really bedlam. Yeah. Um, we'll get back to like why Ruthie's storyline matters, but um, I mean, it's funny at the end yeah, too it's funny when it gets the- resolved with Ben's parents. Um, actually, um, we can probably resolve it now and go back to that middle, yeah. middle part. Well, now. anyway, so the Rev. So, okay, Ruthie does something, gets in a little bit of trouble, we'll come back to that, because it's bigger, plays a bigger part in another storyline. Mm-hmm. But the Rev comes to talk to her, and he's like, why are you doing this? Why are you, like, why do you have all these ideas about what's going to happen in the new year? And she says, like, oh, my friend Ben, um, she says, like, he, he has a computer, and he surfs it. She says that earlier in the episode, but mm-hmm. she's like, he's been telling me about, like, what's going to happen in the new year, and, like, I'm just trying to prepare or whatever, and the Rev is like, there's, like, a little bit of uncertainty, but I think we're pretty much, you know, like, it's not that extreme. He references the War of the Worlds, and when that was broadcasted on the radio, and when people heard it, like, they thought that was really happening. Yeah. So, uh, he decides to resolve this by going to talk to Ben's, so, Ben's parents and Ben. So he takes Ruthie... Um, and we just see them walking up to this house where this family is unloading from their car cases of bottled water and like a whole, and like a giant bag of rice. And the Rev is like, oh, I think that your son is like getting the wrong idea. Your son, like you're scaring your son and he's getting the wrong idea from like what you might be saying about, um, like Y2K. And And they were like. The mother goes, we're not anxious, we're calm. <laughs> like, they're like, we are prepared, we have, t- and, and like, the whole, th- um, because the rev says, like, oh, Ruthie, like, thinks she should learn how to, like, cook over fire or something now, and, like, I don't know, she shouldn't, You like, please don't encourage children to play with fire or whatever and they're like we don't worry our son can cook with fire like they're so proud of their prepping um so they're basically like doomsday preppers so the rev is just like okay thank you and then they leave (laughs) it's actually really funny like it's a very good comedic moment um that the rev has there which i feel like a lot of times like the funny moments kind of fall flat but it hit really well yeah the way that they timed it um so yeah again Cool. <laughs> um, I guess we'll go to Mary next. Uh, as we mentioned, Mary thinks that because she's done so well, she might like be able to move things along in her relationship with Robbie. Uh, this starts with Robbie showing up at school. Right. And we know he, like she said in the last episode, that he goes to school across town. So I don't know. Somehow, he, like, I guess he skips school or he... It might be like his lunch break or uh, his free period or something. Yeah, but I mean, does he have a car? I think he does have a Probably car. Probably has a car. Um, Except maybe, but like, wouldn't his probation include not driving a car? Oh, I guess he's not oh, the one he that was driving. driving. He yeah. wasn't driving. Um, so he shows up and Mary tells him the good news about her parents, like being in a good mood and how she thinks it's a good idea to like ask about a date and he's like that's not gonna work they're not gonna like let me take you out and she's like i'll see about that so then she asks her dad um later on that evening and her dad says i don't think that's a like i I don't think it's a good idea like 
for you to be going on a date with him. And she says, but you said that, like, this that was the bargain that we made, that he get he got to work somewhere else, and I would be able to go on a date with him. And the Rev says, I considered it. And they kind of, like, both bring up the f- points that, she, like, she doesn't think it's fair. Like, she's like, why do I do all of this if you're going to continue not to trust me and let me do things? Like, what is the reward? Right. Of, like, what's the payout of this? And he says, well, I don't think it's a good idea for you to be... Going on a date, but this is when he's like, Robbie can come over here? No, not yet. Okay. Um, but basically, I think her saying what she says kind of hits the rev about it not being Yeah, fair. like, it's not worth it, like, to continue being so good then because I'm not going to get, like, might as well break the rules and get what I want. Um, so... Later on. Oh, this is, I think, I want to, like, point this out because this plays out in a lot of the episode. Um, is the way that they decided to do the mood lighting for the attic? Well, yeah, ever since, um, I noticed this, too. When, when Mary and Lucy moved up into the attic, I guess because there's, like, no natural lighting or, like, it's just a very dark... Set. But they do have a window there because I remember in the first season, like, remember Simon oh, was Simon sitting at the window afraid. looking at looking for the dog and the dog shows up. That's in the attic. Yeah, why is it always dark? There's I guess there's no overhead lighting. Well, anyway, all of the lighting in their room consists of neon signs, which they did not have when they were in the room, like what is now Ruthie's room. So it's just all these different neon light, like lights. Like one of them is a heart, and one of them were just like sticks that were like cr- crossed. Like I don't know. There was a music note. Yeah, they. Um, but it's so all very, it just like, doesn't make any sense. All the tones are like red or like purple, and you can. It's very. Like, it kind of looks like you're walking into like a strip club, to be honest. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, so, the rev walks in and he's like, "I think we can compromise here, and you can invite him over to have like a date in our, in the house. So that way we like, can get to know him better." Yeah. Um, so. Mary's, like, happy with this, and she calls Robbie, and for some reason, he is not happy about this. Uh, I, I don't know why. He's like, that. no, I'm not coming over to your house. I think it's because, well, obviously, because he has a scene later, he doesn't like that the Rev and Annie just, like, implicitly don't trust him, I think. Well, he says specifically, he's like, it's I don't want to be there when they're, like, having to act like having to suck up to your parents and having to act a certain way to just to like get them to like even tolerate me like they're never gonna like me they're always gonna see me as a criminal yeah and then which i think is stupid as fuck (laughs) this is great line when mary's like i'm never gonna give up you mean too much to me and then robbie's like but you're stronger than i am so like i mean i get his 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 point but also i mean he's not even willing to try yeah right like he he acts like this means a lot to him and then he's like he gets a li- like, this is sort of a concession. Like, they could have just been like, no, Mary, you can't go anywhere until you're done with high school. Like, until you're done with high school. Um, so, I don't know. I just think, like, they've set up the fact that, like, he is willing to drive all the way to the other side of town to see her in the middle of, <laughs> of the, the school day. In the previous episode, he's driv- he comes all the way to the house to have a conversation with his with her parents just so they can see that, like, they know what he's done and he's, like, upfront and honest and he even asked their permission to call her but the second they are willing to give him a chance he's like no fuck this i give up uh they want me gone this i don't know is just i guess playing- i guess he thinks like his big presentation the first time like, should, have, should been. have been enough yeah like they should trust him because he was honest with them or whatever um so he breaks up with mary 
Mm-hmm. Um, um, even though I didn't even know they were together. Um, <laughs> but the next scene we have is that the Rev is exiting. Well, we have a small scene in between where the Rev's like, oh, so is Robbie coming? And she's like, nope. Do you even care? Because he... Like, like him, this is what you wanted. Him, yeah. Me and him are over, and doesn't, like nobody cares about me. Then we have the Rev coming out of the grocery store. And Robbie is, like, pushing a bunch of carts through the parking lot because he is, like, the cart boy at the local grocery store. And he starts speaking to the, like... I don't know. He, he, he starts... He, the Rev says, like, hello or whatever, and then, like, Robbie comes... He's like... Robbie comes back at him aggressive first. He's like, oh, you don't... He's like, oh, he's like, I didn't know you worked here at the grocery store. And Robbie's like, oh, I bet you also didn't know that I'm on the honor roll at school and, like, all of these other good accolades. And he's like, oh, there's a lot you didn't know about me, but, like, you don't even give me a chance. Um, and the Rev's like, well, you're, not also, you're also not giving me a chance. Like, you don't know a lot about me either. And... I think this kind of gets, like, Robbie's like, oh, shit. And he's like, and I think, like, I'm giving you the chance to come over so we can get to know each other, but also because I care about what my daughter wants. And we don't see the resolution to this in that, like, the end of this conversation. It just moves, like, his lips just purse. and like <laughs> He just looks like, he's like, ah, oh, you have a point. <laughs> and this ends with what you so eloquently put, Robbie coming through the back door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Robbie comes to the back door. Um, uh, and he shows up, and, like, Mary's not expecting him, and he's like, I was wrong. I'm willing to do this. Let's have our home date. Yeah. So that's all fine and good. Um, Robbie's still it's in the been, picture. Look, it's two epi- he's been in the show for two episodes, and already this relationship has had tough t- two, yeah. two instances of tough times. So, maybe uh, this means they'll make it. Maybe they'll last. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is Mary's true love. Yep, that's it. You got it. Um, let's finally go to the main storyline. Yeah. So, as we said, Ginger, Ginger, I, I hope that you all have been sitting on the edge of your seat. Wondering, <laughs> said, yeah. That cliffhanger from the cold open. <laughs> well, we don't know. Where is Charles Jackson? Sorry, well, Miss Jackson. Where in the world is this? <laughs> um, but, so, um, I think it's immediately after the opening credits yep. that comes back, and Ginger is sitting in, like, Ginger uh, and Annie are sitting in the love den, and the Rev is making phone calls to Sergeant Michaels, his personal detective. I hate um, this. I hate this fucking relationship so much. I was, like, thinking the other day, I was like, so the guy who's Christopher Michael, who plays Sergeant Michaels, he really lucked out because that could easily be a role that would get, like, thrown away on Seventh Heaven that would keep changing. Um, but he's consistently always there. But I guess because he's, like, the Rev's, like, personal assistant. Basically. That, that it had to be the same uh, actor. But... Anyway, um, so Ginger somehow comes to reveal, like, well, oh, ever since... Well, uh, so Annie says, why do you think... Oh, he's here. Yeah, be- which is a question we all had also before yeah, the like, cold open. We're like, why the fuck did she come from Phoenix to here if she can't find her husband? Yeah, who lives in Phoenix, Phoenix. <laughs> and left in a car. Like, <laughs> So Annie's like, why do you think he's here? She's like, oh, because, you know, for the last, like, couple of weeks, he's been talking about you and, like, missing you and, uh, like, miss- like your childhood and stuff. Yeah. And, it's like, and then she says, ever since he was diagnosed. And then Annie's like, what do you mean, diagnosed? And then... And then it happens. Um, so Ginger reveals that, like, th- about three months ago or something, that um, 
Grandpa Charlie had been like act, like forgetting things and um, just kind of not really being himself. So sh- they went to the doctor and they found out that he is like in the very early stages of Alzheimer's. So Annie is like, "Oh no!" Um, she says, "Are you saying that my father has Alzheimer's?" And that was literally what Ginger had just said. Says, yes, I'm um, saying that your father has Alzheimer's, and obviously. This is kind of a very touching moment. Um, it hit well, me. Um, it hit me hard as well. You were very emotional this episode. Was I? No. I mean, I guess I have reactions to things, which is why I think it's a good episode. Um, I just mean that it, you kind of when you kind of well, think you saw about like it, when Annie's mother died. Like right, you exactly. said, you know, like how hard that hit her. So you imagine like, oh, she just lost like one parent in the past like five years. And now um, she think like now she's gonna lose another one, and like the worst part is like lose one while he's still alive. I yeah, mean, like the the have like I don't know. I feel like that might be harder for people because they're like see, you know they yeah. can still visit like the, the other person doesn't know who you are, so it's like really difficult to see them and not be able to like I don't know share. I don't know, and I thought like I I really had to hand it to Catherine. Hicks. Yeah, I was going to call her Katherine Jackson. <laughs> to, like, for the way that she played this, because she doesn't say anything, you kind of just read it in her face, and, I like, that's the reaction I got, and I uh, appreciated the acting there. Um, so the next morning, um, Charles, Charlie, calls, and he's at the Sage brush motel <laughs> yes which apparently is somewhere that uh his oh god what was the jenny jenny yeah. jenny jackson um what annie's mother went when she had been alive like they once took a vacation there no they all like every time that they would go uh, to go this to certain lake spot or something they yeah. would stop at that motel so um he's like oh i was driving i was on my way to see you but like i saw the sign and i couldn't help but like go down memory lane so um, that's where I am, and, uh... Except he doesn't know, like, what city he's in, specifically. Well, I think he... He, he had, like, has moved from that... Lo- I don't know. Like, yeah, like, he had left already. Yeah. He was on his way to Glen Oak. Um, and he's like, oh, uh, don't, like, stay there. The, um, Eric will come get you. And he's like, oh, I don't know where I am, so I'll just get there myself. Well, no, he says, like, oh, like, I don't know the name of the city I'm in, but I know how to get to Glen Oak from here. So I'm fine, and I also was like, "How would the Rev even find him? Because he doesn't know where he is." Uh, so he so. arrives, and it's all good and dandy. They like hug. Everybody's hugging, and um, she like kind of pulls her father aside. Annie does, and she's like, um, "Ginger told us about the diagnosis," and he's like, "I'm surprised that she did that. I wanted you to know, but I was like, like it's been a hard few months, and like I'm sorry we didn't tell you, but like." Um, and, and, and he's like, like, she's been having a really hard time since the diagnosis. And I forget exactly how he reveals it, but he says well, that. Annie, well, Annie's like, well, yeah, like, you have Alzheimer's. And, she, and he's like, what? I don't have Alzheimer's. She's like, he's like, Ginger is in denial and Ginger has Alzheimer's. This is some fucked up shit, guys. The way that they, like, he played this, like, made it seem like. She was the one that forgot that he said that he was going to Glen Oak, and that she yeah, like he was like, I've been telling her about this trip for like weeks. I, of course, like you know. I don't know. It's some sly manipulative shit. Like I know. I feel like would would he really be able to pull this off? I mean, would he be able to remember? Or like uh, I don't know. I I know, but like I, I like I don't I've um I've never been around someone and I'm not like familiar with how uh, Alzheimer's affect like affects people. But I just thought like it was. 
I'm sorry. Like, I'm very rarely surprised at the way that storylines go for Seventh Heaven. <laughs> and, like, this episode surprised me with how they, like, went and played this. Because this could have gone on for a while. Um, right. And, like... Because imagine, like, imagine in, like, a real-world situation where you have two people saying that the other person has Alzheimer's. And, like, like who do you believe? Yeah. Because... Like, and that's, like... What if they both ended up having Alzheimer's? Right. How fucked up would that be? But, like, I thought that was, like, very good storyline material and not something I would have, like, thought of, which, I mean, is not... <laughs> is making me sound like I'm the end-all, be-all. But yeah. I mean, like, I'm usually... Like, Aaron can attest to the fact that I can usually predict what's going to happen next. Yeah. Well, the Seventh Heaven generally yeah, is just very, very, very predict- predictable. They play into a lot of tropes. Yeah. So, um... So, like, Annie, obviously... One, because she doesn't want her father, like, to have Alzheimer's, immediately believes that he is telling the truth. So... She off-screen confronts Ginger about it, and Ginger's, like, now upset with Annie for, like, not believing her. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and then... But well, no, no, no. So what ends up happening is that, like, really persuades Annie, I guess. Well, before that, like, Annie tells the rep, she's like, I can't believe Ginger, like, is trying to convince me that my dad has Alzheimer's when my dad doesn't, it's her. And the rev's like, no, something is off with your father. And now we see that Annie's also very much in denial. And she, he's like, look, I've seen, I've, like, worked with patients that have, like, clients that have Alzheimer's. And she's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, he's clearly just dealing with the... Yeah, uh, like, he's, like, stressed and, like, dealing with, you know, Ginger. Um, so then, as, as we said earlier, part of Ruth, like, Ruthie is convinced that she needs to learn how to cook um, over fire. So she asks... Grandpa Charlie mm-hmm. to help her, um, and like that she can't light a fire by herself. She um, needs an adult. So he does that, and it's all fine and good. But she forgets like a pot or something to put whatever they're gonna cook over the fire. So she runs in the house real quick to grab something from the kitchen, and while um, she's inside, uh, Grandpa Charlie catches a glimpse of like a like kind of like an old school looking. Um, bike. Yeah, like, tr- yeah, bike. It's a bike. Um, I was going to say tricycle, but, uh, and he gets distracted and he walks over to it. And while he's like got his back turned, um, the fire is crazy. The fire gets real out of control real quick. And everyone inside the house smells it. And they're like, oh, there's a fire in the backyard. Uh, they run outside and Grandpa Charlie is still like kind of dazed. He's like, just like staring at the bike. And, he totally misses all of the action that surrounds. Um, this is the one thing I don't know if they totally got right, like his kind of being oblivious to the excitement, um, because they make it seem like he's just like totally out of it and doesn't like had no idea that anything was going on behind him. And they're like, there was a fire. Um, so anyway, that's when Annie kind of starts to see. She's like, oh, this is real. It is my father that has Alzheimer's. Um, we have a scene where she, her and Ginger are kind of talking, and it's weirdly framed because Grandpa Charlie is, like, smushed up against the wall. Um, yeah, he's, listening like, in. yeah. And basically, in the conversation that he's overhearing, um, they say that he, they're, like, like, he's scaring them with his behavior, and he's worrying them. And Yeah, like, like, Ginger's, like, I, he doesn't believe that when I'm not around that he needs help and, like, it's scary to when I have to go, like, when I have to leave him alone, like, 
Am I going to come back? And he's, is he going to be there? Or is he going to, like, disappear again? Um, so he gets, like, very emotional about this, and he comes out from his concealment, and he's like, oh, I, I thought, you know, um, I didn't realize that I was scaring everyone, and I just, like, didn't want to admit it because I didn't want to have to... Ad, like admit to the doctors or something or I don't know exactly what his he was just in denial um so then the solution to all of this is that they all go to see a doctor in Glen Oak whose hair doesn't move yeah she and who reads with a magnifying glass a gold magnifying <laughs> glass and it's a huge magnifying glass um she's a doctor she's got to read a lot it's basically like Honestly, like, I dazed out because it was all medical speak. But what she was saying... She's just, like, talking about how families can... Co- like, oh, you're in the early stages. Like, this is... You know, like, there's going to be... I don't know, just talking about how it affects different families and, like, what they're the changes they're going to start to see. And, like, she explaining says a lot to that. Charles, like, you know, you still... Like, you're in the early stages, so don't be so... Well, she explains that he's going to lose his recent memory, but he his, like, long-term memory is going to stay intact or, like, be stronger. Um, and she says that, like, the best way to deal with this is to, like, look at a positive outlook and be, like, as optimistic as possible because that's – and, like, it's actually a good sign because – or, like, the, the good in this is that now you, ha- like, will appreciate the time you have left. Um, and, you know, we kind of get that this is the beginning of, like – The end. Or, well, <laughs> like, whatever, like – treatment and going forward this is going to be a new era in like Annie's relationship with her father and like the whole family's relationship with Charles and Ginger right um the very last scene is um well I just want to make one point here uh the way that they've decided to dress Annie in this scene um and I, w- I feel like I should go back and check other but like she kind of I mean I guess this is Something that happens... Actually, I don't know, because I'm not, like, as old as Annie's character, but, like, she regresses a lot when she's with her father. I've seen that, like, yeah, in like other when... scenes, uh, where we have, like, their, that, their father-daughter relationship. Um, I remember you said that once, there's an episode when he came to the house and, like, she, like, threw herself into his arms, yeah. like, kind of like a little girl. And she, like, re- like says daddy that really weird way. Yeah. Um, and... The, what she's dressed in is very much like something that Ruthie would wear. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a jumper. Um, and like the but, dress is like there's buttons on it. I can't really explain it, but yeah. we just want to say that like the way that they've dressed her is like I feel like on purpose to show that like she goes from being Annie, the mother of seven, to Annie, the daughter. Yeah. Very like quickly. And the last scene is them just talking about how they're going to go through this together, and like they miss mom. Uh, or Jenny, and, like, you know, they'll yeah. help each other out, blah, blah, blah. And he, like, goes to sleep, and there's a montage. <laughs> you over- made it so, like, you re- it, like, seemed <laughs> ominous, but then you just made it, like, he goes to sleep. Um, yeah, there's, like, a montage of, like, photos in an album. Of, like, young Annie, but also then young Charles, and then pictures of them together, and then pictures of them with Jenny, um, and it's played over a, or an Amy Grant song is played over it. I don't know who that is, but if you do, let us know. <laughs> it's apparently a legendary song. Yeah, according to the internet. Uh, the internet also had a lot of things to say about the way that Alzheimer's was pro- portrayed in this episode, so we'd love to know what you think about that as well. Um, 
if you agree with it, if you thought it was well done. Um, but what would you, I, that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, as far as rating goes, yeah. I don't know, like, I'm going to give this, it's about on par with the last episode. I'll give yeah. it like a four um, because, it, yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, horrible. I think because this got more reactions out of me than the other than the last episode, I will bump this up to a five. Um, especially for some of the some of the things I was not expecting. Yeah. Um, so. Like Charles gaslighting everyone. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Was not expecting it. And also like the sweet moment at the end with Lucy. Um, I think Lucy had the potential to do be to be the worst in this episode, but she was okay. I mean, it was just we- the whole scene yeah, with Brad was just weird. It was like I was getting ready to like hate her, but she didn't she would, she, ever cross the line. Yeah. She was just like, "I have this. I've changed. I've turned a new leaf." Um, so let us know what you thought, uh, if you'd like, um, and what your opinion was about this episode. By uh, any mother, mo- mo- by any mother of means, by any that could work. <laughs> the mother of means. So yeah, Twitter we're at Camden Cash Show. On Instagram we are at Camden Cash Show. Um, on Facebook we are just facebook.com backslash CamdenCast. Um, Remember, you can listen to you us. You can email us at oh, CamdenCast yeah. at gmail dot com, um, and you can listen to us. At soundcloud.com backslash CamdenCast. Where you can follow and also like us or reshare our... Yeah, and uh, you can also download or whatever from iTunes podcasts where you can subscribe, rate, and review. If you subscribe, they'll come to you as soon as they're posted. Yeah. Um, so we will see you next time, which will be which will be on Wednesday. So keep a lookout. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. And this was CamdenCast. Cast.